Good morning. I never get tired of hearing that beautiful organ, do y'all? This is just gorgeous. It sets the mood. We're so glad that you're here and um, so glad we can worship together. Even if you're, you're worshiping with us by Facebook Live, many of you are worshiping on live stream. I want to say greetings to you. And if you can say something, to say hello to us, let us know you're worshiping with us. And then like and share this so that all your friends can worship with us today too. It's a good day to worship the Lord together. Um, I do have a couple of announcements I want to say. One is, let's just get this one out of the way. We had annual conference on Friday and Saturday. And on behalf of uh, Pastor Andy Yarnell and myself, we are so happy to be appointed as your pastoral team for another year. Look, you didn't have to clap, but thank you for not booing. I just, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, so we, we are so happy to be back. Pastor Andy usually is the one who makes these announcements, and I can't, I can't do anything like Pastor Andy does. But he is working at Camp Sumatanga. He is leading a junior high camp at Camp Sumatanga. I'm thrilled for that. I'm thrilled that, that Pastor Andy is the kind of person that is the go-to person for young people in our conference. So you should be proud that he is the one that's asked to do that. And you should pray for him <laughs> that he's gonna be at, at Sumatonga all week with, with uh, some, some young people. And send your kids to Sumatonga. Some of my favorite memories are from Sumatonga. So that's where Pastor Andrew, Andy is. I do wanna say a couple of plugs for some of our journey groups. We have uh, Pathfinders has just started a new, uh, a new Sunday school lesson uh, called Which Way, Lord? And who has not said which way, Lord? Every time I drive out of town, I, I say that. Um, Living Waters is also meeting in person. Martin Fellowship is meeting in person. We have uh, in-person Bible study at Wednesdays at, at 11 o'clock here. We have live stream uh, Bible study at six o'clock on Wednesdays. So several opportunities that you have. There's men at the well. Get plugged into another group, and that will help you a lot in your spiritual growth. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, we have a celebration of life for Marge Ross. And so I want to invite you to come and help us celebrate this. this and this is going to be truly a celebration. What a wonderful, wonderful lady. And we are going to celebrate her life this afternoon at 2. Tomorrow, June 7th through the 10th, we have Vacation Bible School. I'm very excited about this. It's Discovery on Adventure Island. Catherine's done such a good job, and she's had a lot of good help. If you have a chance to look at the new um, children's worship area, it's really, really coming along. It's very impressive. It's exciting. If you'd like to help and donate, could you use more volunteers and more snacks and things like that? She's, she is very, she's very receptive to anything that you want to do to help. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. And uh, finally, I want to say uh, the flower on the altar today, this beautiful little rose, is for beautiful little Amelia. Not the, that one, but Amelia Dill. We have more than one Amelia around here. Amelia Dill from our Early Learning Center. Her parents are Brandon and Mary. Big sisters, Catherine and Savannah. Big brothers, Noah and Max. Wow, it's going to be exciting around that house. Isn't it great that we have all these babies coming along, though, isn't it? All right, let's pray. Thank you, dear Father, for blessing us with this day. Thank you, Lord, that we have a chance to worship you. We thank you for all the wonderful ministries that are going on in our church and at Camp Sumatanga and in other places. We pray, Lord, that everything that we say and everything we do in worship here will be uh, something that would give you a smile on your face. In Jesus' name, amen.
together hymn 462, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. remain standing and let us unite together in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it Thank you. Please be seated. Unless you're a kid or a kid at heart, you can go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church right now. I always think it would be fun to go and see what they're doing in there. It just, it just sounds like fun, and they're excited about it. Yeah. I want to thank you for supporting your church. Everything that we, everything we do, all of these announcements you hear and ministries that you hear me talking about, it's all because you love your church and you support it. So thank you for supporting it. 
Um, one of the ways that we that we minister to others is through our missions team, and they've been very active this year. Each month there has been a different mission uh, emphasis. Last month we ha we had um, our tornado buckets, our flood buckets that we did for the United Methodist Committee on Relief, and you went above and beyond the call of, of duty on the flood buckets. So thanks, it was it was just well received, and you did a great job. And it's going to mean so much to the people who received this. Uh, the month of June we're going to emphasize uh, our our global missionaries, and sometimes we just forget here being where we are, we think about our local stuff and we forget that all around the world, the United Methodist Church has missionaries who are serving. Each, each Sunday uh, in the month of June, we're gonna highlight one of our uh, United Methodist missionaries. Today, we're highlighting uh, the Reverend John Calhoun, and he is serving as pastor in the English-speaking church in Vienna, Austria. Who wants to go with me to visit his church? <laughs> Sometime, go to Vienna. Now, uh, before that, though, he served in Kiev, Ukraine, and in Moscow, and in Kenya, and in Jordan. So he's been several different places serving as a missionary. He's an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. Uh, he has a wife named Noel. He has two sons named Nicholas and Benjamin. And I'm telling you these names because I want them to be something that when you pray for missionaries, it's not just, oh, God bless all the missionaries in the world. I want you to think about John, and I want you to think about Noel, and I want you to think about Nicholas and Benjamin. These are, are real folks, and their families need prayer as well as the missionaries do because it's not easy. It's not easy living in a foreign place and, and trying to serve God there. So um, we will we'll feature one every every Sunday we'll we'll mention one thank you for your support if you're here and you want to give um, the offering plates are, are right there by by either exit you can always give online you can always text to give uh, give through our app but thank you for supporting we also support you with our prayers every time you you tell us of a prayer need we we lift it up in prayer we have a prayer team that meets every week and we pray as, as a staff every week, we pray for, um, for the needs of our church. If you have a celebration, send us all of that and we will pray for you. Let's pray right now. Uh, God, we give you thanks for people who give their lives to serve in mission. We give you thanks for this great church that serves you and serves our community and serves the needs of people around the world by their giving. Bless now the tithes and offerings that your people give. Use them to build your kingdom for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
have uh, almost an embarrassing riches of music around here, but I'll take it. I really, really enjoy it. That's my favorite hymn, by the way. Um, they didn't ask me about that ahead of time, but I love that song, you guys. It's wonderful. Today we start a, a new sermon series called Mysterious Women of the Bible, and it is, I'll tell you kind of how I got the idea. I kind of got the idea, there's, a, there's a, a book and a Bible study out there called Bad Girls of the Bible and everything. Uh, Y'all might have read that and everything, but actually I got this, I was thinking about the hidden figures. Uh, several years ago, I saw a movie I really loved, Hidden Figures. Have any of y'all seen that movie? Uh, if you haven't, I recommend. I don't recommend very many movies. I recommend that one. I was super interested in it because I loved the actors in there, and, and uh, I just really loved the, the work that they've done before. Also, there's a NASA uh, part of it there, and I spent a lot of years in Huntsville. Tammy's dad uh, worked for uh, a company that was part of the space industry, so you know I was interested in that part of it, and I was also interested in the in the period of time, in the early 1960s, 1961, 62, uh, that that time period, uh, because I remember what it was like. I remembered the segregated South. I remember that there were always these hidden figures. And, and both, of those, both of those words in that title uh, carry a lot of weight. There's the hidden part, because uh, in, in the movie, uh, the African-American women were hidden off in another building. And the figures part, of course, kind of in the shadows, the shapes in the shadows, but also they were mathematicians, right? Uh, this uh, Catherine Johnson uh, was, was a genius mathematician, and if, if it had not been for her, maybe John Glenn would not have made it back home in Friendship 7. I'm just saying that to, to leave out people and to have them relegated to the shadows uh, is never good. We're, we're denying ourselves the beauty and the richness by not having the gifts of everybody. Because it takes all kinds. We are like a tapestry or something. There's, there's all kinds of folks. So hidden figures. And that's the way there are um, people in the Bible. There are uh, a lot of women in the Bible who are kind of in the background. Some of them don't even have names. We're not even given their names. But what can we learn from them? What can we learn from their faith? What can we learn from what they have contributed? Now here's how we're going to do this series. I'm going to give you a hint. And then I'm going to kind of let you guess. Uh, and, and if you get the guess right, I'm going to give you a prize. You're going to get uh, a piece of candy from, leftover candy from Halloween in the kids' craft room. I will, uh, and I'll come through. I do have a big bowl of it, and I will let you pick from it. So uh, here's, here's kind of how it would work. Um, let's say I gave you the hint, uh, she had a fruitful conversation with a snake. Who would you guess? Yeah, Eve. So you would have gotten a piece of candy. Matter of fact, you, you still can. I can. I can give you a piece of candy just for that. Today's hint is she was doggone smart. Okay, nothing but silence. If you're at home and you're watching it, don't Google it. It's, that's cheating if you're at home. Um, all right, so I'm going to read the scripture, and then you're going to know who I'm talking about. You, some of you might have even guessed. You get two pieces of candy. This one's hard. Jesus left that place. This is Matthew 15, by the, one, uh, by the way. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this woman in the Bible is not only a hidden figure, she's really an unlikely hero of the faith. And I say she's a hero of the faith because that's what Jesus says. In verse 28, he says, woman, great is your faith. So if her faith is great, then why shouldn't she be one of our heroes, this, this hidden figure, this mysterious woman? We don't know her name. We're more likely to think of the disciples and, and people like that as heroes of the faith. But you know what? Do you remember when they were all in the boat with Jesus and the storm came up and they came and Jesus was asleep in the boat and they came and said, Lord, wake up, we're about to die here in the storm. And Jesus said, why are you fearful, O you of little faith, right? So sometimes we think about prominent figures like Peter. Of course, Peter was everybody's hero of the faith, but Peter, when he got out of the boat, yeah, he got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus, but then he saw the wind and the waves, and then he said, Lord, save me, and the Lord rescued him, and Jesus said, O you of little faith, right? So, which would you rather have Jesus say to you, great is your faith, or you just got a little bit of faith? Uh, I think I would rather have Jesus say, great is your faith. I think we should really admire this woman. Her faith was great. Now, what was it that made her faith great? She didn't walk on water. She didn't move a mountain. She probably never been to church, as we know it, a day in her life. She probably ne never read scripture or anything like that. But here's what I admire about her faith. Her faith was just unselfish. Because when she came to the Lord, really having faith and believing, it was not for her. It was not to enrich her in any way. It was for her daughter. So I think that there is something about crying out in faith on behalf of somebody else that goes straight to Jesus' heart. I think it was true then and I think it's true now. Um, we've been studying the Gospel of Luke every week, and, and you're invited to study with us. But just last week, we studied Luke chapter 7. And here's another case where Jesus said this person had great faith. Um, there was a Roman centurion, a Roman centurion, who, who sent his, his staff to go to Jesus and to ask not for himself but for his servant who was paralyzed. And, and here's what the Roman centurion said. Look, I'm, of course he was in the army and he said, I'm under authority. I get orders from people and I'm a centurion. I'm over a hundred people. I give orders to people. I know what authority means. I'm not worthy, he said, to even have you come under my roof. But if you just give the word, you give the order, I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus was amazed at his faith. He said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. So people who were supposed to have great faith, sometimes Jesus said, Where is your faith, y'all? And then people... <laughs> People that weren't supposed to have faith at all, like the Roman centurion or this woman today, Jesus said, you've got great faith. But what do the Roman centurion and this Syrophoenician woman have in common? They both were crying out on behalf of somebody else. It was unselfish what they did. Another thing I admire about this woman's faith is that she was just persistent, right? She just kept on and kept on. Barrier after barrier was thrown up in front of her and she just kept on. It reminds me of the story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 18, the parable of the unjust judge. This judge was a real stinker. It says that this judge neither feared God nor respected people. 
But this widow came to him asking for justice. Please give me justice. Please give me justice. And the judge was like, get out of here. I ain't got time for you. But she kept on and kept on. And he finally gave her justice in her case, not because he feared God and not because he respected her, but because she just kept on. He said, you're wearing me out. I'll give you what you ask for. You're persistent. So think of all the barriers that this woman had to overcome. Uh, She had to overcome just the ethnic barrier because she was ethnically a Canaanite. And you say, well, big deal. I don't know any Canaanites today. Well, if you lived in that day, you see the Canaanites were, were enemies of the Jews all the way back to the days of Noah. Right? Canaan was Noah's grandson. And according to Genesis 9, that whole family line was cursed. Cursed. And, and Abraham, when Abraham came to the promised land, it was Canaan land that God gave to him. And basically they said, you just get rid of everybody that's living there. You get rid of all of the Canaanites. Just kill them, drive them off. Joshua partially carried out this, this command when the people took over the land in the cities of Canaan. But the Israelites were also given this destruction. Okay, if, they, if they're hanging around there, if the Canaanites are hanging around there, don't let your sons marry them and, and, and don't let your daughters be married to them. You don't have anything to do with them because they're unclean. And so that was the, the Jewish attitude toward Canaanites. And, and so, and you can imagine what the Canaanites' attitudes would have been toward them. If somebody treats you like you're an unclean dog, then you're just like, well, I don't like you either. And that was the history of the, this ethnic barrier. And, and so she had to overcome that. She had to overcome that to even approach Jesus. Not to mention the social and the gender barriers. It was, look, it was not socially acceptable for a woman to approach a man in public and to have a conversation. It, that just was not done. To have done so would have been shameful, unheard of. But she did not let that barrier stand in the way. She didn't even let, look, one of the biggest barriers at all would be the religious barrier. It, this woman was not Jewish, and not only was she not Jewish, she was from Tyre and Sidon, uh, Phoenician cities that were to the north of Israel, and the people in that area worshiped the Phoenician gods. So she was not only not Jewish, she was pagan. But she was a God seeker. And she was humble and she was persistent. And she was not going to let any barrier stand her in her way to get to Jesus. Oh, okay, we're not done with the barriers yet. Once she got to Jesus, the barriers didn't stop. First, Jesus ignored her in verse 23. He said he just didn't answer her at all. And then, then the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, send this woman away because we're tired of hearing her crying. We don't even, we don't want to hear the sound of her voice. She's driving, she's getting on our nerves. Send her away. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus said, look, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, that's, that's my job. Most people would have stopped right there, right? Most people would have just said, okay, this is just not my day. But when your baby's sick, when your baby's sick, when you don't feel like you can do anything else, when you don't feel like you have anything to lose, you just keep on coming. And, and she just fell at Jesus' feet in verse 25, and she just said, Lord, help me. Have you ever been to that place? I have. I just don't know what else to say. Lord, help me. Just help me. And then Jesus said something that was always really, really hard for me 
to understand and to even stomach. Because my mama taught me not to speak to people like this. Jesus said, it's not good to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Man, how harsh is that? What a derogatory word that is to call anyone. That was this kind of a, a, a loose, I guess, slur that was given to anyone who was not from the house of Israel. I guess now would be a good time to mention that that would probably include all of us who don't trace our ancestry back to Abraham. We are not Jews by birth, most of us. We have been grafted into the family tree by spirit. And I always thought, Lord, how could you call somebody a dog? But then the more I got to study in this and I thought, okay, there's got to be something to this. There's got to be something more. So I dug and dug and dug and, and I'm a word nerd. Okay, I admit it. But the Greek word that Jesus uses here for dog is only used one place in the whole Bible. And it's here in this conversation with this Canaanite woman. The word Jesus uses for dog is the word for a little dog, like a little puppy dog. The word used in other places in the Bible for dog, like in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Do not cast your pearl before swine. That's a different word, okay? And there's also, also something to remember is when you read this written word, something is lost when you're not seeing face-to-face. -face. If you ever have something important to say to somebody, let it be face-to-face. -face. At least FaceTime them, okay? Because if you send a, a text, you send an email or something like that, things can be misunderstood if you don't see the body language. Am I right? Yeah. I, I, I'll give you a little example. And my wife might kill me for this, but... Uh, so she greets the public all the time at her job she's working at right now. And a guy came in wearing an Ohio State shirt. She's a lifelong Michigan fan. And she looked at the guy and she said, well, I just don't think we can serve you wearing that shirt. Now, she wasn't insulting him. You could see the twinkle in her eyes. And he said, well, you must be a Michigan fan. She's like, yep, fourth generation, you know, you know that kind of thing. But if you just read those words, right, then you would think, oh, my gosh, how rude. But you don't see the facial expression. You don't see the body language. You don't see those unspoken messages. And I have to believe that Jesus had his eyes twinkling when he said to her. I have to believe he had a look on his face that told her that she was welcome. And so here's why I think about this. And here's why I think about her faith. And not only her faith, but my goodness, her sense of humor. And her, and her wisdom. She didn't argue with Jesus. She didn't say, how dare you call me a dog? She said, you know what, Jesus, you're right. I'm a dog. But even the dogs eat the crumbs when they fall from their master's table. Wow, she was doggone smart. And she had faith. And she had moxie. Right? So, another thing that I admire about her faith is it was just humble. Look at the posture that she takes. I'm just a little puppy dog underneath the Lord's, my master's table. I need mercy is what I'm looking for. Mercy. We look for mercy when we come to the Lord. Not, not justice necessarily, but mercy. I, it reminds me of a story one time I heard about a church that was having a pictorial directory made. And when the pictures came back, there's one, one man that was very upset at the way his pictures looked. And he called the photographer very irate to her over the phone and said, Ma'am, these pictures do not do me justice. And she said, Sir, I've seen your pictures. And believe me, you don't need justice. You need mercy. So... <laughs> That's what I need when I come to the Lord. I need, I need mercy, right? 
she bowed down before Jesus. She cried for help just for undeserved good favor, which is the definition of grace. And Jesus said, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. Her daughter was healed. I just admire her faith. It was unselfish and persistent and humble. But more importantly, Jesus admired her faith. Jesus admired her faith. And the followers of Jesus, they thought she was unclean. They thought she was cursed. They thought she was all above a pagan, a Canaanite. But there was Jesus. And he said, great is your faith. On one side is this woman, this, this woman who was called a dog. But you know what? She showed what her heart was like. She showed that her heart was seeking after God by what she said and her faith and the way Jesus responded to her. On one side, there was this incredible woman with unselfish faith. On the other side, there was the crowd that, well, they didn't want they didn't want her to take up any of Jesus' time. Basically, they wanted Jesus all to themselves. On one side, there's this woman who is persistent. On the other side, there is the crowd that keeps throwing up barriers. The more she keeps trying to come, the more they throw the barriers up. Send her away, Jesus. We're tired of hearing her cry out. On one side, there is this woman who has a humble faith. And on the other side, there's the crowd who thinks in their hearts that they're so much better than her, the Canaanite dog. And the question is, which side are we going to be on? Which side are we going to be on? I think the posture that we have when we come to the Lord is so important. And I say that we have a lesson to learn from this mysterious woman about how we even approach the Lord and also how we receive others who approach the Lord. I mean, who are we to throw up barriers in their way? The 1964 Methodist hymnal now, y'all, look, I'm showing my age. Um, but I've been, I've been doing this a long time. As a matter of fact, I just said something about annual conference. This is my 40th year to go to annual conference. Um, we went virtually, but still, we went, right? But in the 1964 Methodist hymnal, um, the communion liturgy has a prayer that I just don't think can be improved on. And let me read it to you, and I think you'll hear why. The prayer that the minister and the people say before coming to the Lord's table goes like this. We do not presume to come to thy table, O merciful, o merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to partake of this sacrament of thy Son, Jesus Christ, that we may walk in newness of life, may grow into his likeness, and may evermore dwell in him and he in us. I think of that mysterious woman when I read that. And I think about what I want. You see, I want to not just receive these communion elements, but I want to walk in newness of life. I want to come in such a position that I might have a chance of receiving it and to grow into his likeness with him and me and me and him. So, I want to make sure at this time, have, have you gotten one of these? Did, if you didn't receive one of the, the, these self-contained communion cups on your way, if you will raise your hand, um, we, can one of our ushers get uh, get one over here? 
Um, and while that's going on, you at home, if you're, if you're uh, taking communion with us at home, then now would be the time for you to get, get what you need. And it's whatever you have on hand. You might not have unleavened bread and Welch's grape juice, but whatever you have on hand, we're going to pray over it. It's going to represent the body and blood of Christ for you. Um, I also, at this time, would like to invite you to, um, if you want, to turn to page 12 in the front of your hymnal. Now, uh, we do have the hymnals back out there. Did y'all notice that? You can take a hymnal. Okay, all right. You didn't have to clap, but thank you for not booing. Uh, we do have the hymns, but it's also gonna be up on the screen if you wanna follow on the screen. And this is, this is for you and also for the people who are watching live stream. If we didn't have it up on the screen, then they couldn't follow along. Page 12. And two more things that I need to say, and this is what I, I say every time we have um, communion. One is, is all who are present, all of you are welcome at the Lord's table because uh, we have open communion. You don't have to be a member of this church or a member of any church. All are, it's the Lord's table, okay? It's not a Methodist table, it's the Lord's table. All who are present are welcome to take this sacrament. All you have to do is have a, hung, a hungry heart for God. So, and... Um, Another thing is our custom to leave, um, leave a communion offering on the altar rail. After, after we receive communion, if you uh, are led to and you have uh, the means to be able to do that, anything that you just drop on the communion rail after we receive communion at the end of this service, all of that will be used for local missions. On a daily basis, we get calls asking for help. You ask, ask Susan Swan how many calls she gets a day of people wanting help. That's what this is used for. All communion offerings are all used for that. Now hear this invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let's pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We'll continue in the middle of page 13 at the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves 
in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now... With the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Just a word of instruction, the very, very top layer is how you get to the wafer. If you are have trouble getting it, it's like kindergarten. Get your neighbor to help you, right? Someone with some fingernails. Body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. At either door uh, on your way out, you'll find some receptacles that you can put your, your empty cups in. Um, if you can do that, we'll, we'll appreciate that. But now I want us to stand together and sing our, our closing hymn.
And now go forth in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.